0: My presidency, we have faced tough times after the terrorist attack of 9-11, and we came through strongly. And we're going to come through this. No question the times are tough, but no question America will emerge.
1: Hi, and welcome to NPR's Planet Money. I'm Alex Bloomberg, and I'm here with Laura Conway. Nice to see you. And today is Tuesday, October 7th. It's 4.45 p.m. here in New York. Um, And that clip we displayed was President Bush speaking earlier today about the economy. More bad news there. The stock market has lost more than 1,400 points in the last five sessions. That's 13% of its value. The Federal Reserve has made some moves, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. A lot of people have been asking on the blog how they can follow the economy. Should they look at the stock market or what part of the stock market? And uh, Adam Davidson and I uh, talked earlier today to a trader named Vinny Catalano. And just before we play this interview, you should know one term that we use, we talk about the credit markets. And just a way to think about that, if the stock market is a place where you can go and own a piece of a company, the credit markets is where you go and you look and you see how much it costs to borrow money. And that's true whether you're a person buying a mortgage or a gigantic multinational corporation trying to borrow a billion dollars. If you want to find out how much it'll cost you to borrow money, what the rate will be, you go to the credit markets. That's where you look.
2: The reason I wanted to talk to you, Vinny, is you had a post today that was just screamingly – it was just exactly something I have been saying all week. Mm -hmm. Can you just spell it out?
0: Surely. Uh, The title of the blog posting today is Keep Your Eye on the Credit Markets Ball. It's not really the stock market. It's the
2: credit market. Wait a second, Vinny. We hear every hour on the news, the front <laughs> of the news, Dow Jones collapses 800 points, falls yeah. below 10,000. Right. Dow Jones falls another 700 points. We hear That's what we hear all the time. That's got to be the most important information.
0: Uh, actually, I beg to differ. Uh, it is important. Uh, it does matter. But right now, what really matters most is what's going on in the credit markets.
1: You're saying that like, for, for everyday people... The the stock market. I mean, sure, it's going to affect their four hundred and one k's, their pension funds, and everything That's like right. that. But on their their day to day life, the 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 economy, their micro economy of their lives, is much more affected by these things called the credit markets.
0: Uh, so- that is correct. But also, their investments and their stock market investments will be affected by whether or not this freeze thaws.
1: Right. So and and the freeze and so so if if you were advising people, don't look at the Dow Jones if you want to freak yourself out. Here's what you look at to freak yourself out, and you're saying you want to look at two indices in particular. That's correct. Which and what are they now?
0: Uh, well, I would look at the Treasury bond rates, specifically the three-month rate, right? Of treasury bills, actually, and, and see if they are going up in yield, which means that less money is going into them, uh-huh. and people are getting less panicky. Uh, and then I would look at what the rate is between the banks that they lend to one another. That's called the LIBOR.
1: Okay, so the treasury yield, so the three-month treasury, that is the secret, that's, that's the sort of secret gauge of how panicked people with money are about that's, where they're going to put it.
0: That's correct. Yeah. And the higher that yeah, goes. Exactly right. Yes. So,
1: so if, I'm, if, if I'm, okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm an investor, and I'm, I'm, I'm not an investor, I'm a person. I'm getting up in the morning and I'm like, I'm going to try to figure out how freaked out I should be today. Mm-hmm. I go, where do I go?
0: Uh, where you can go is, 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 frankly, a great location, totally free, is Yahoo Finance.
1: So I go to Yahoo Finance and I type in tre- three-month three month treasury, right? Well,
0: actually, on the left-hand side on the navigation bar, uh-huh. there will be a link to, uh, to, uh, to bonds. In fact, uh, let me look at it right here on the screen. I'm
2: going to do it too, Vinny. It'll, it'll
0: say, view more bonds. Okay. And it'll be under the market summary. Uh-huh. Okay, and if you don't have market summary opened up when you go there, Open it up, click on it, and there's two indices underneath. There's two links. One says "View More Indices," which is good for stocks. Uh The other one is "View More Bonds." And all you have to do is click on the "View More Bonds," and voila! All
1: right, so I'm looking at the three-month
0: bond rates right there. All
1: right. right. So, so the three months. So I look at the three months, and what's what are you seeing, Vinny? Uh,
0: I'm seeing 0.74 percent today versus 0.35 yesterday versus 1.67 a month ago. All right what it's telling me is that rates are going up a bit, less money is going into treasuries, fear is diminishing a bit, uh-huh. okay, but so the, it's not as good as it was a month ago
2: so so the, so this the, is the higher number the higher the number is, the calmer we can be correct and so okay, so that's so very helpful that's, that's really helpful, helpful. and yeah. that's
1: and that's because generally the lower the treasury rate that that means the more people the more investors are taking their money out of other things, like lending it to each other and exactly. to banks and to us and to everybody else who needs money, and they're just giving it to the government because they're afraid that if they lend it to us, we're not going to pay it back.
0: That's correct. It's called a flight to quality. This is a panic to quality.
1: Right. Right. Because right. It, no matter how good an investment I may be or my business may be, I can't print money like the U.S. government can.
0: That's correct. And this is where everybody goes, and they're mm. taking money out of money markets. Uh, professional investors, too, taking them out and stuffing them into treasuries, three-month treasuries, and this is a great gauge to see just how significant the fear factor is and whether it's alleviating. Now, by the way, if I may mention several days ago, this rate was, you ready, 0.05%. It was almost at 0% yield.
2: Meaning the U.S. government could... Borrow money for three months and pay no interest effectively.
0: Effectively no interest. That's correct. That's he, how great the fear was. That's that's sticking it under the mattress.
2: So,
1: that's the equivalent. So if our listeners wake up like, you know, in a week from now and they and they click on Yahoo Finance and they see, you know, they go to View More Bonds uh-huh. and they find the treasury the three month treasury rate at zero point zero zero or zero point zero one or something like that. Right. That's when they start, like, throwing their hands in the air and, and wailing at the sky?
0: Uh, I, I, yes, definitely, and that's where <laughs> – that's right, and that's where your, your, in your stock market portfolio uh, – let's take the Dow Jones. The Dow Jones will be closer to 8,000 than to 10,000 right. if you saw something like that, because it's telling you that the fear is still great, and no matter what the government is doing, it just doesn't seem to be working.
2: Now, you said there's another number. So that's, yep. one, that's one of the numbers. And, and walk us through this other number. The, you said the LIBOR number.
0: Sure. The other number you can find on Bloomberg.com. Okay. All right, let's go there. Kind of have to hunt around for it uh, a little bit. But it's called the TED spread. Okay. And what the TED spread is, it's a very simple calculation it's one rate compared to another, it's how much banks are lending to one another minus the three month treasury rate. Okay. Okay. And that that's another measure of fear. And if you want to see that rate come down because you want to see that they are lending money to one another. The banks are. And you want to see that rate come down. And that's not happening because that rate right now is in excess of four percent. This rate, by the way, was right around uh, before all the panic and everything else occurred. It was more like one percent. It's now up at three and a half percent. Wow. So, you know, it's 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 basically two hundred and fifty percent higher in fear than it was not too long ago. And again, this is like the safest of the safe of money between banks, overnight right. money. Right. And that's how great the fear is. And, so, and right. these are the two you want to watch.
1: So 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 in other words what you're saying is like here's the here's the safest if I'm if I have a lot of money. Yes. The safest place I can put it, if I don't want it lost, I put it, I put it in U.S. Treasuries. That's, That's the correct. safest place because in order for me not to get my money back, the U.S. government has to disappear, which won't That's happen. Correct. Now, the second safest place I can put my money is I can loan it to another bank overnight.
0: Uh, well, no, that doesn't quite happen that, that way because oh. banks are lending to one another.
1: Right, that's what okay, I'm saying. No, no, I'm a bank.
0: A measure.
1: No, no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bank in this situation. That's correct. Right, that's, yeah. So, that's, so that's I'm a bank. Yes. One, the safest the place I put my money is. is the treasuries. The yep. second safe, as a bank, the second safe place, safest place I can put it is I can loan it to another bank, one of my fellow banks, overnight. They're going to give it back to me the very next day. They're a bank, right. so that's considered a very safe rate. And what you're saying right now is the rate that the that the government is charging me is zero, and the rate that a bank is charging me is four percent. Basically,
0: Uh, yeah, you can look at it that way. That's correct. The the uh, think of it this way: as far as the banks are concerned, make believe you're a bank. Okay, Mm -hmm. you can borrow from the Treasury, from the Fed, at two percent, and anything above that is profit. Right. Okay, so if you were to uh, lend it out uh, to another bank because the other bank needs it for their businesses, okay, Mm -hmm. that they're lending it to. Right. right. If you can lend it from one bank, like one of the core banks, like a J.P. Morgan, you lend it to another bank, maybe a smaller bank, at a 3% rate or a 4% rate, I mean, you know, that's where you can go uh, with this to earn a terrific rate of return, and they're afraid, they're just fearful right. of doing this. So these are, these are measures to watch mm-hmm. to see if the deep freeze is thawing. If you look at them, the easiest way is a treasury, like I mentioned before, and this one becomes a little bit more involved to monitor, but it'll, but this is what will give you an indication of how stocks ultimately are going to do better uh, or they're not going to do better. I mean, this is, if you're looking for something that's the epicenter of the storm, this is it.
1: The Ted spread.
0: Yes. Because they've got to get businesses to lend. They've got to get banks to lend to businesses. They've got to get... Uh, Uh, investors to put money into short-term instruments. I just saw, for example, the state of Massachusetts has postponed a $700 million bond issue because of the money market conditions, because they can't get the money at the rates that they want them at. Last week, Schwarzenegger and the state of California says, if we don't get money within the next 30 days, we're going to have to start laying people off. This isn't because the state is out of business or out of money. What it means is that the way businesses function is that they go to the, the markets to borrow on a short-term basis. Businesses do this. For example, many businesses make no money throughout the whole year, and they make all their money at the end of the year around Christmas time.
2: Like a toy company or an electronics company or something. Exactly.
0: Well, how do you maintain your cash flows, pay your bills and all of that throughout the year? You basically don't accumulate all the money and then dole it out month after month after month. Now, what you typically do is that you borrow. On a short term basis, knowing that at the end of the year you're gonna make it all back and then you're going to pay off all the bills and you'll have a nice profit at the end of the year. Well, when you shut down that borrowing, then the ability to make payroll, to to buy equipment that's going to be sold for later on, that becomes impaired significantly. Now you're impacting the real economy. Right. That's the big danger here. And not th- not the stock market. The stock market is, is simply reflecting this danger.
1: Right. And so what you're saying is the reason Massachusetts can't borrow money, the reason California can't borrow money. Nobody's lending it to them. Correct. And that that fear to lend to anybody is that is this TED spread number. That is this four percent. That's correct. Yeah. If number. you look
0: at all you have to do is monitor this. Mm-hmm. This is the epicenter. This will tell you whether or not the actions by the Treasury and the Fed and the other central banks and the manifestation of that is going to be whether or not you see this TED spread start to decline. And if you do then you know that things are starting to work. And what will happen is you'll see the stock market reflect that and start to go up.
2: Great. Well, thank you so much, Vinny. That was fabulous, and we, we'd love to have you back talking about these issue, um, issues. And, again, that was Vinny Catalano, uh, President and Global Investment Strategist for B- Blue Marble Research here in New York. Um, we're going to link to his blog, vinnycatalano.blogspot.com. Thanks so much.
0: My pleasure. Thank you so much.
1: That was trader Vinny Catalano talking with Adam Davidson and me, and we'll put those links that he was talking about in our interview on our blog at npr.org slash money.
3: You know, I came in today with this news about Iceland, actually. It said something like Iceland is on the verge of bankruptcy, literally. It was with a headline in the Wall Street Journal.
1: Right, and that is some crazy news because you, you sort of think that a country can't go bankrupt, no. but apparently Iceland is close. The government has been making announcements about the economy there, and it turns out... Um,
3: They're not really true.
1: Yeah. That's They've so been weird. sort of lying about the state of their economy, uh, and now it seems to be in free fall, and no one can quite get a handle on what's happening. So we called up Lars Christensen, chief analyst at Danske Bank, based in Copenhagen, and asked him what's going on with Iceland.
4: We can say Iceland is, is, uh, has for some time been first in line to be hit on a country level by the global credit crunch, and, and Iceland is probably the first country to to, to really fall into a very, very serious recession due to uh, the, the global credit crunch. Um, and we have seen a very, very sharp fall in the Icelandic corona. Uh On Monday alone, it fell by more than 30 percent, and uh, the turmoil has continued today. That's uh, 30 percent
2: after a- falling a lot over the last few months, right?
4: Yes, yes. Uh, it, we have seen uh, since August 2007, uh, the Icelandic krona has been... In, in a very sharp fall, and that has accelerated this week. And uh, we have now, out of the three large Icelandic banks, uh, two have been basically nationalized, uh, put under government control, Glitnir and Landsbanki. So only one of the large Icelandic banks uh, is
2: expanding. So the, the, the Icelandic government is effectively taking over, I mean, almost socializing. It, it, effect,
4: effectively, the, the Icelandic government has nationalized uh, two of three uh, major banks in the country, um and at at the moment is itself struggling very seriously to pay off its debt.
2: So right now Iceland Iceland is would you call it the, the most destabilized economy in the world right now? I mean I guess we have... I,
4: I think it it is it, it, it's by far the country in the world that is suffering the most from the credit crunch and, and comparing to every other countries in the world that are all suffering from this uh, it's, it's very clear that Iceland is, is the country that i in, in, in most distress. Now, why um, is that?
2: I think most of us, when we think of Iceland, we think of happy blonde people and, and imagine everything's well, I think very there nice.
4: Is, there, there, there is absolutely good reason to think about that. Uh, but on the economic front, uh, the banks and the households have probably been a little bit too happy into parting partying a little bit too much in recent years. We've seen Icelandic, uh, debt levels in foreign debt especially accelerate very very dramatically they 're borrowing the huge amounts years. of
2: money from overseas All right.
4: oh that, that's that's that 's true and a lot of that has been foreign currency lending so uh so that has been quite uh, quite dramatic in terms of the raising of 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 debt
2: there was something very odd you wrote a note today that you sent out um that the Prime Minister announced that he was borrowing money from Russia, but then Vladimir Putin said, that's not true, we're not giving them any money. Can you explain? Well,
4: apparently, it- apparently, first the Atlantic government said it has had reached a deal with Russia to, to get a, a loan of uh, 3 or 4 billion uh, euros uh, with the Russian government. That was later denied by the Russian government, and this is highly unorthodox. Uh, so so until now, we, it's pretty hard to say where we are on this. Um, so... In, on any circumstances, it raised a lot of eyebrows uh, around the world that, that Iceland is now maybe trying to get alone with the, the, the Russian government.
2: What's next? What are we going to well, see I in think,
4: Iceland? You know, uh, I think it's a little bit premature to 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 to, to take the very very bleak scenario of, of a, a national default. But but I, it, I think it's very clear that uh, Iceland needs outside help to get back on its feet and. and And I think the IMF is most likely, uh, as as, an international institution, coming in and and helping out to have a a restructuring of the Icelandic economy. And and as with the American banks needing a a rescue package, the Icelandic economy certainly needs a rescue package. Uh, The whole country needs it. The
2: The whole country needs a rescue package.
4: Yes. And, but uh, I think the, the, key, the key issue here is that the banks in Iceland are significantly larger than the economy. The balance sheet of the Iceland banks is 8 to 10 times larger than the Icelandic economy. And therefore, you can't rescue the banks if the banks are significantly larger because of a lot of foreign exposure than, than, than the, the country.
2: So you're saying the Icelandic banks are 10 times bigger than the entire economy, meaning they're many, many times bigger than the government. Yes. So the government can't... And, uh, That's not the case in the U.S., in the U.S., the U.S. government. Exactly, and
4: that's why you you can effectively have a rescue plan in the U.S., Uh, but that's much harder to do or impossible uh, without having a serious deleveraging. And what will happen is, and what we're seeing now is that Atlantic banks are, of course, being taken over by government, but it's also selling off uh, all of its activities abroad uh, and scaling down very, very dramatically what we call deleveraging. And, uh, and, of course, that is having a severe impact on, on the credit situation in Iceland. Uh, effectively, the Icelandic krona is now only being traded in Iceland. Uh, so so uh, uh, the situation is quite dramatic.
2: Lars, thank you so much. We're going to be monitoring Iceland carefully because it seems like they're in, in serious trouble. I guess if we wanted to say who's second most uh, in danger, would that be Hungary.
4: Uh, well, uh, I, I think you, 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 you should look in Central and Eastern Europe. I don't want to point fingers. There's not a lot of point, uh, finger pointing at the moment. so Let's
2: point a few fingers. Will, uh... Slovakia, Slovak Republic, <laughs> Hungary, well, Bulgaria. You know, <laughs> All right, well, and... I, I think you, you, you're closing in. Okay. Uh, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, Lars. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye.
1: Thanks to Lars Christensen for coming on the show. What do we we got next, Laura?
3: Um, I sat Adam down in the chair, and I asked him to take a question from a listener. So, Adam. Hey, Laura. I've been getting this question all day from listeners and people coming around the blog. This version of it comes from Marissa Brandt. She says, The Fed recently announced that it will purchase commercial paper. Is that with money from the bailout, or is it additional Treasury funds? How much money can the Treasury really create in that way, Isn't this going to contribute to the devaluation of the dollar? Take that.
2: Wow. These are fabulous questions. And I got to say, we always get fabulous questions. I really like the questions. This harkens back a little bit to something we talked about yesterday, which is how the Fed is different from the Treasury Department. So the quick answer is no, this is not part of the $700 billion bailout. And also, no, this is not Treasury Department money. so, so the Fed and the Treasury Department have very different roles. You remember, Laura, we talked about the Fed is monetary policy, the Treasury is fiscal fiscal policy. Fiscal I policy. so remember it. Tax you remember and spend. It. Right. So the Treasury is like it's almost like a business. They make money mostly through taxes, and they spend money like on roads and hospitals and aircraft carriers and things like that. The Federal Reserve is very different. They effectively create money. They add money to the economy and sometimes they subtract money from the economy. But
3: this thing with the Fed and buying commercial paper, what is commercial paper and what are they buying? Who, From whom are they buying it?
2: So um, commercial paper is like a big IOU. A bank says, hey, Laura, I need a billion dollars to get me through the next three months because I got s- some short term needs for money. I'll give you months from now if you give me a billion today. okay, And what I give you is this IOU. It's called commercial paper. It's basically a short-term bond. So what the Fed is going to do is they're going to – they're going to be the one who gives the money. So Bank of America, just to pick an example, or Citibank or – Whatever. Uh, every time I do this thinking of a bank, I th- only think of banks that have, that no longer exist. But so a bank that exists says, "Boy, we need a billion dollars now." Until two weeks ago, it was easy. They go to the c- commercial paper market. They 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 call some guy on Wall Street and they say, "Hey, we need this." And the guy on Wall Street call, I mean, puts it up on a computer, and pretty soon some other bank that has an extra billion dollars lying around says, "No problem. Here's your billion. We'll take the the IOU and we'll get our one point one billion back." three months from now. Um, That 1.1 is a little off because no one's making 10% interest in three months. But anyway, you get the rough idea. So now they get to go straight to the Federal Reserve. Now, the Fed is going to make it a little less attractive. They're going to charge a fee. They're not going to accept as high, uh, you know, they're not going to accept anything high risk. They're only going to buy from the most top-rated companies, the most secure companies. And they're going to you know so bank of america or whomever can go straight and and the banks already can do this through other vehicles but now general electric could go to the fed and say we need a billion to get us through the next 3 months we want to open some new factories we want to you know pay our payroll whatever it is we need a billion bucks That commercial paper market has completely frozen. No, there's no movement there, or there wasn't until today. So we are going to go straight to the Fed, and we're going to ask the Fed to give us the billion dollars.
3: The Fed is sort of like the all night taco stand here, in that they're they're there when no one else is.
2: Right now, what I think they're hoping, and what seems to possibly be happening, they are hoping that simply by saying they will do this, it gives confidence to the market, and then someone else will step in and say, well.
3: And what money are they using to say, we'll do this?
2: The Fed has money. They have their own balance sheet, which is um, – but they are running through it very quickly. I, I don't remember the last time I looked at it, but they've spent hundreds of billions of dollars in the Fannie, last few Freddie. months. Fannie, Freddie, all this stuff. Um, when they run – out of that, they do have to go to the Treasury Department and say, hey, we need some more money. So that comes from us, from taxpayers. My, I believe we are not yet there. I'm pretty sure we're not yet there, but we're close. We're closer than we've been in a very long time. So I guess you can effectively say this is taxpayer money, but it's totally separate from the $700 billion. The idea here, though, is this is r- pretty safe. So we are going to get paid back, and we'll actually probably make money on this deal. Um, because we're only going to lend to the most creditworthy, trustworthy companies. I'm smiling. You're smiling because the most creditworthy, trustworthy companies have been collapsing, really. I'm a
3: believer, Adam. Thank you. All right. Thank and, you, Laura. And, and thanks, Marissa Brandt.
1: Keep those questions coming, everyone. Yeah. We're at nprorg money. And that's the Planet Money podcast for today. I'm Alex Bloomberg. And I'm Laura Conaway. Thanks for listening. Woke up this morning,
3: smiled at the rising sun. Three little birds that are on my
0: doorstep.